biggest goal is to not make my kids mindless consumers, but that they would be thoughtful in their consumption and in the ways that they interact with the world around them. My goal is to create little human beings or actually not even create because I think kids are already there by and large, but to foster them as unique individuals and unique people and to educate them as such. I don't think education is a one size fits all approach. I think that each kid deserves their ability to spend as much time on what they're interested in and what really ignites them. Welcome to Next to Natural an interview series from Newey Organics to showcase conscious parents passionate about living environmentally aware lives while on a journey to raising confident, happy, compassionate, and resilient children. I'm your host, Shauna Yap. For more on Newey Organics and for all the show notes and upcoming episodes, visit www.newey.organics.com. Connect with us at the supportive community of other conscious parents via Instagram or Facebook at Nui Organics. Imagine taking your five kids, one dog, an entire life on the road with your husband on a converted bus for a full-time adventure of wild camping, boondocking, and visiting as many places across the country as you can. Meet Robin Chenap, who has been on the road with her family for the last four years. During that time, she has crossed the country eight times, birthed two new babies, all while homeschooling her children, and turning her family's life into a wonderful adventure. Today, we're going to see what it takes to pursue a life less ordinary while raising a family of five based on sustainable values and minimalistic living. Welcome, Robin. So tell us about your family and what has inspired you to go on the road. What I'd like to say when people ask us about our decision to live the way we do is that we used to be normal. We owned a home. My husband worked a nine to five, or actually more like an eight to six. Um, And we... You know, we we had what we thought we were told was the American dream. Um, and we just got to thinking one night. We got to thinking one night about what it would look like to go into business for ourselves, to be self-employed. We got talking about what it would look like to maybe live somewhere different. We were currently living in Southern California, and we had just kind of longed to know what life was like outside of California, outside of um, high you know, high residential prices and high income taxes and things like that. Um, so we, we devised up this trip. We thought, oh, you know, what we'll do is we'll rent an RV and we'll do this giant road trip with our family. And we thought that the trip was going to have a beginning and an end. And at the end, we would know where we wanted to live. But what we didn't realize is that our dream would quickly morph into this lifestyle, this way of living that has become our daily reality. So we thought, you know, we looked into renting an RV and then we thought, well, you know, we don't really like the way they look. If we were to have an RV, we'd want to completely change the inside. So then we were like, okay, well, what, maybe we'll buy one. And then we thought, well, we kind of want to customize it. So how about a school bus? And this was school buses right now are pretty trendy, but like five years ago, they weren't really talked about much. Um, 
so people kind of thought we were a little crazy, um, but we were okay with that. And um, we started researching school buses and I don't know, it was just kind of like this giant rabbit hole that we just started falling down rapidly. And we thought at the end of it, that we would find some little community in a state that we've never been to and we would settle down and we would buy another house. And that never happened. We decided that we actually really liked being nomadic, that we really liked being able to visit friends and family that lived in other states um, more frequently than if we were stationary. And so we were just really indecisive about where we wanted to live we again like simultaneously just fell in love with the road having to be adventurous and having to discover it a you know that's the positive outlook on it and b the other side would be oh my gosh you know like where are we going to get food the the distinction between for people is it's not a constant vacation like we were doing life on the road we were doing light like life still went on our kids still had needs you know somebody was growing out of their shoes or somebody needed a new pair of pants or you know we had to buy groceries or my daughter wears glasses and her glasses would break or you know whatever like we were still living life but we just then had to figure out where to go to get different needs met I'm wondering, you know, now during the time of this recording, it's during the whole coronavirus, the pandemic, everybody has been impacted, but it kind of like you are already living life on the road. You're pretty remote. You're self-managed in, in your own world. How has it affected you? Because I'm sure, you know, it's affected all of your family and your friends. There's just no way that you can escape the way it affects you emotionally. So mm-hmm. how does it affect you in the way that you live or has it? You know, it's affected us more. Um, I like that you threw in, you kind of uh, parsed out the difference between the the physical ramifications and the emotional. For us, it really hasn't affected our daily lives. You're right. We're pretty insulated. We've chosen um, to do life differently. We've chosen to be self-employed, to work from home, to do school from home. Um, So in that regard, it hasn't affected us at all, but I've actually found myself being affected tremendously emotionally. Um, And I don't know if that's just like by virtue of being, I don't know, a mom or three months postpartum or I don't know. But um, as far as the day in and day out, we're, we're totally fine. When you say you're, you've been affected emotionally, just being really anxious, being really anxious of the unknown, being really anxious of the differing opinions that are out there. Um, not really knowing, you know, what's what, like, you know, are the statistics that we're reading, are they really true? Are they not true? And that's just really nerve wracking. it, It is. It's so, it's very nerve wracking. And what's weird though, is that we really don't know a lot about life in general. Like, you know, we don't, we don't know what we're going to wake up to the next day. We assume that everything's going to be fine when, you know, before this all happened, we would assume yeah. that it, we, everything be fine. But now that's a great point. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. a, everyone says uncertain times, but really we, we take for granted that there's a lot of certainty out there when Gosh, truth, that's such a good point. You know, it just like you said, like you, when you're living life on the road, living life, it's not like one big vacation, which is really, you know, we go through our daily lives. We just assume a lot. 
And one thing that I really am hoping for out of all this is for people to recognize localism and sustainability more. I hope that more shops like Nui are going to get more attention, that people are going to say, hey, you know what? I want to support my local economy. I mean, I know that there's a big push towards globalism, and I'm, I'm definitely not even going to touch that topic with a 10-foot pole because I feel horribly unqualified. But I know for, for me and my personal choices, I do feel really drawn to localism. Um, I feel drawn to the small shops. I always have. I've actually never eaten at McDonald's. When did you start using that, like in your clothing, in your family's clothing? Was that always a thing as well? Um, not for my parents, but I think just the foundation that they gave me of thinking about the smaller shops and thinking about our local economy first and foremost, just kind of naturally transitioned when I became a parent. I started when, when I was pregnant with my firstborn, I was found myself in a community of moms that were very home birth oriented, very natural parenting oriented. And so um, in a big way, one thing kind of just flowed to another. Um, and so my firstborn was born with a midwife and we did cloth diapers and co-sleeping and all that stuff. And then I feel like once you start questioning just one aspect, it, it can be either be your food, it can be your, um, the way you vote with your dollar, it can be, you know, whatever. As, as soon as you start questioning, you start saying, well, if this, then what else? It just kind of flows. And then you start thinking, okay, well, if I'm caring about the environment through my food choices and I'm caring about my body through my food choices, then, you know, what, then what about, you know, the other thing that I do every day, like we eat every day and we get dressed every day. Right. So then it's like how, so then we started talking to our kids about slavery and, and we had this really poignant moment with them um, on a plantation out in Louisiana. And it was, it was just like, we had this conversation about slavery that we were not anticipating on having with them. And they said, well, isn't it great that slavery is no longer exists anymore? And my husband and I were like, wow, you know what, you guys actually like, we hate to burst your bubble, but slavery does exist. And they were like, no, how? And I had to say, I'm like, I'm sorry. I hope this is not going to be super offensive for your podcast, but I had to say, you guys, you know what? Everything in that target dollar section, that's made by people who are not treated nicely. That's made by people who are not um, treated fairly. And that's not what we stand for as a family. That's so that's amazing to, to let them know that at such a young age. Just the way that society has been living what has existed and we have allowed to exist simply because so much of the world didn't know about it is now yes. just coming to light. And the mm -hmm. more that we talk about it, the more, um, the more people know about it, because mm -hmm. I think that there's still, you know, a large group of society that doesn't know it exists or doesn't really know how prevalent it is and doesn't really relate it to what they're buying every day that's just education, speaking about it and making it not be such a, you know, a topic for people who, who are talking loudly about it because that a lot of times just falls on deaf ears because people don't relate it to their own lives. You know, something that I think this whole pandemic is mm. making people really look at their own values and what is really going on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree with that.
we know that you shop Nui, but <laughs> what, other, what other companies do you feel like are doing a good job being ethically sound and sustainable, eco-conscious? We try to ask a lot of questions about different companies um, because not all of them will advertise them being fair trade or organic or anything like that. But if you ask them and dig a little bit deeper, you'll find, oh, you know what, this company um, the, the founders of this company actually did a really good job. Like, so for instance, we have these duffel bags, um, that we bought from this one company several years ago called Walker family goods. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, you know what? Fair trade is a really big deal to me. Um, do you know anything about the factory where these bags are made? And sure enough, like the, the, the woman who heads it up wrote me back and she's like, you know, I've actually visited the, the factory. I, I toured it. Um, and it, you know, all the, all the employees are given a fair wage, um, things like that. Um, so that was really great. As far as sustainability goes, I love, um, for homeware, I love having a stash, a really good stash of to-go containers. Um, so, you know, just things to take to the park, things to take out on outings. So, you know, little, those little stainless steel containers, um, as far as particular brands that are doing a really good job with that, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Um, I think Lunchbox is one. Clean Canteen also makes, while they make water bottles, I think they also make containers and things like that. Um, but just making sure too, like giving, um, setting the example and the precedent for our kids of not being disposable. That's also another thing that's really heavy on my heart because I think as soon as we start showing them that life is disposable, that, you know, your packaging is disposable, your clothing is disposable. Well, then how is that going to trickle into your relationships? Are your relationships then disposable? Yes. It's all tied together. Yeah. Are people disposable? You know, that's not, you know, as you're like throwing your plastic straw in the trash can along with your plastic cup, you know, like, you know, you're doing this action multiple times a day or, or multiple times a week or whatever. And then I just, I, I don't know. I don't have any, um, anything more concrete, but I just feel like they go hand in hand. They, they really do. Do you have these conversations with your friends? Because I feel like what everything that you're saying, something that a lot of people don't, don't relate it to the rest of their lives. Like it all trickles down and it's asking that first question it gets you to ask a lot more. Our family kind of wrote us off for some of the decisions that we've made. And so I'm a little bit skittish to talk about them um, with a whole lot of conviction. But I, I, should, I should be a little bit more bold. I tend to tiptoe a little bit lightly, but it would be good to have these conversations. I feel like they're very worthwhile things to think about and wrestle with. And if, and if, you know, if a family, and one of the things that I'd love people to realize too, is we, I, maybe you've seen it around, like we don't need everybody doing everything perfectly, but we need a lot of people doing it imperfectly. You know, we need everybody trying, you need to at least just put some effort into it. And maybe that's, you know, making more of an effort to shop at your local farmer's market, or maybe that's an effort to put, um, a little bit more thought into the clothing that you buy for your children. Um, because I also feel too, I mean, everybody's been there. I mean, you just pick up that, like, you know, that cute little top from target and throw it in your cart and, you know, out you go. 
but then you realize that you come home and that fabric gets stained really easily and it starts looking really dingy, maybe even like only a week or two after you've just bought it. And then you're like, oh, well, that's dumb. And I think what a lot of people maybe don't realize is that textile waste makes up a large majority of what's in our landfills. And so when you invest in better fabrics, which is why we do love our newy jammies, because the fabric, it holds up so well, and it still looks amazing. And I mean, we've got a gaggle of kids, so everyone's going to be wearing them. Yeah. You know? People don't realize like how, how well natural fibers perform and right. how much more wear you get out of quality over fast fashion. And, and, it, and it is the second largest polluter in, in the world. Absolutely. The quality of fabric, I mean, it just, it makes a huge difference. I know, like, I'm, I'm going to kind of name names here and, and pick on something real quick. You can edit this out if you don't want it. But H&M, like, their products, I feel like their quality is like that of, like, wet tissue paper. Or I'm just like, oh, that shirt did look cute. <laughs> then you're just like, what happened to that? I would say a large majority of our followers share our beliefs or are learning and interested, for sure. I do get a lot of questions um, because people know that we are minimalists and that we are moreover that we're minimalists, not just with one kid or two kids, but with five kids. I get a lot of questions about what are the, what are the brands that you invest in? What are the things that you stand behind? Because we don't have a whole lot of stuff. So that's always fun to talk about. It's always fun to say like, well, this, these are the little gems I found. I really do feel like we're voting with our dollar. You know, we, we have, if you, if you think of like, well, I have 100 votes and I can cast them however I want. We really are voting with our dollar. We're voting by saying, These are, this is what's important to me as a consumer. This is what's important to my family. I think that that's just, I think it's vitally important. I, I completely agree. We vote with our dollars and our time. So you mentioned that you homeschooled. What's your philosophy on school in general? Have you always knew that you were going to homeschool? Well, it kind of follows into what we've been talking about. My biggest goal is to not make my kids mindless consumers, but that they would be thoughtful in their consumption and in the way that they interact with the world around them. My goal is to create little human beings, or actually not even create, because I think kids are already there by and large, but to foster them as unique individuals and unique people and to educate them as such. I don't think education is a one-size-fits-all approach. I think that each kid deserves their ability to spend as much time on what they're interested in and what really ignites them. Do you incorporate nature into their daily lessons? Yes. Well, also because we live in 250 square feet, we don't spend a whole lot of time inside. A large majority of our day is spent outdoors. So where we're parked right now, we're on 100 acres out in North San Diego County in Southern California. Our kids are outside all day long. Right now they're really into catching lizards. So we've learned a lot about blue belly lizards and alligator lizards and what they eat and what they like. They're not allowed to keep them. They're allowed to just kind of hold on to them for, you know, a few minutes and admire them and then put them back. We found a couple weeks ago, we found a baby owl that had fallen out of its nest. So we tried seeing if we could get it back up into its nest, but its nest was too high. And where we are too, we have a lot of coyotes. So that little baby owl would have been coyote food pretty quick. So we took it in and then ended up taking it to a raptor rescue place where they'll re-release it um, around where we found it. 
That's amazing. I mean, that's a lesson all in itself for your kids. Totally. And just like teaching them the respect, you know, they're like, well, why can't we keep it? I'm like, well, A, it's illegal. And B, we don't deserve to keep something like this. Like, that's just wrong. How, you know, this, this is a magnificent creature. And we, we were really, really careful too, to not interact with it too much because we wanted to give it the greatest chance of being able to be reintegrated into the wild. But we talked about, you know, what owls mean, how they fit in the, like the animal totem. And it was just, it was really cool. How do you know all that? Oh my gosh. I was raised by chronically curious individuals. My parents and my grandparents were just chronically curious. And so (laughs) that has been passed on where I'm just like, well, I wonder why. I think also what I'd love people to know about homeschooling is you're discovering right alongside of your kid. You don't have to have the answers. One of my college professors told me he had his PhD in education and he homeschooled his children. He said, you don't have to have the answers, but you have to help your kids find the answers. And so I think that's one of the most liberating things. So with our baby owl, we looked up, we, we learned what kind of owl it was, and we looked up some information about it in a book and learned alongside of each other. If somebody wanted to get started on their journey to living more eco-consciously and sustainable, what would be like three tips that you could give them to start uh, on that journey? You can't love what you don't know, and you can't protect what you don't love. So I would say get out, get your butt out the door and go for a hike and just get to know your local area, get to know your little neighborhood park, get to know your tiny, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't live on land or, oh, I live in the suburbs. But like, for instance, yesterday we had to take my daughter to a doctor's appointment and my my husband went in with her and the other kids and I stayed out in the parking lot and we parked the car. I asked him to park the car next to this little nature-y like median in a parking lot and there were pine cones and, you you know, things like that. And we're looking at the pine cones and I said, Hey, you guys, isn't it amazing how much nature is just right here in the midst of all these, this parking lot? Like, look at these pine cones. And if you turn the pine cone over, look at how it swirls. And, you know, how about we, you know, and then one thing led to another and we're collecting pine cones to take home and make bird feeders out of. And so my car is filled with sappy, sticky pine cones, 16 of them to be exact. And then one of my daughters was, my my youngest daughter was like, and I'm going to bring these leaves home to be duck food. And I'm like, all right, cool. I would encourage people to get out and look, just go look at the ground, look at the bugs, look at where they're going, look at where they're coming from, look at what path the ants make in the dirt. Like, just go look and don't be fooled into thinking that just because you live in the suburbs that there's no nature or just because you live in an apartment that there's no nature. Loving what you know. And then once you know it, then you're going to be drawn to protect it. And so then thinking about the ramifications of your choices, I mean, the root of it is love, right? It's love for the environment. It's love for our resources and it's love for people. What do you feel like you you want your kids to remember about this time? Because do you think that you will always live on the road or, or do you not know at this point? I think at some point we'll go back to a house. I deeply miss being able to have a home that's hospitable. So I think we'll, we'll definitely go back to a house. We, we have really fallen in love with buses. We'll probably always maintain some sort of bus as a recreational RV. 
we'll always have travel be a part of our family. And one of the reasons we started the travel journey now, while our kids are so young, is to infuse in them a sense of flexibility and wonder and adventure. And so to really, really make that be a part of their very early formidable years, you know, well, it's, it's a little bit frustrating because sometimes I'll ask them like, oh, do you remember that time we were in Washington, D.C. and we saw this? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. We just have to keep at it. That way you guys remember and keep those memories alive. So travel will always be a part of our family culture. I also think it's important to discover the way different people live. I mean, this country is insanely diverse. You know, you want to talk about traveling the world, go ahead and just like travel the next county over or the next state over. Um, our, our country is so diverse. I think in a world where the news corporations want us to believe that there's so much polarity, I think that it's important to realize that your neighbor's probably actually a really wonderful human being. Or that state over where you think that they're so backwards and they're so dumb, actually they're really, really hospitable, generous people. And that's one thing about traveling where I'm like, you know what? Everybody's amazing. We have yet to meet somebody that was a jerk. Like truly, I mean, we've, we've interacted with people in different, you know, kind of more on the East coast that were a little bit more brusque in the way that they spoke. And we're like, Oh my gosh, did I offend you? But in reality, like, that's just who they are. You know, they're just, they're quick, they're efficient, you know, and, and they're not mean, they're not rude. But I think in a world where the news is trying to rip you apart with or rip apart the fabric of society and community and say like, well, it's these people's fault and it's these people's fault. Don't give into that shit. Seriously. Like people are awesome and people act out of what they know. And chances are your opinion is maybe just as valid as the other person's opinion. And if you came together and stopped shouting maybe you would find that you actually value the same thing. Or you learn something new. So, I mean, we definitely want to continue traveling just for the sake of keeping our minds open and communication open. Before I ask you my last two questions, I want to just thank you so much. Your perspective on life and the way that you live is just a demonstration of true inspiration of living and just of, of this wonderful life. And I want to acknowledge you for your positivity, your bold choices to pursue your passionate life. And that just so that you know, your presence is making such a huge impact on your community, on the world. World. It's made an impact on me oh, seeing thanks. you on social media and just the way that you live your life. It's just truly inspiring. Thank so you. I know a lot of people that will be listening to this will want to connect with you. What is the best way that they can do that? And what is your blog address? I love connecting with people. I'm an extrovert through and through. So please <laughs> write me. Let's talk. Um, we, you can find me under Contented Nomads. ContentedNomads.com is my blog. Contented Nomads is our, my handle for Instagram. Okay, we'll put the link in the show notes. And so for my last two questions, what is the greatest wisdom or advice that you have for your children? I just, I want them to just slow down and, and just watch what's going on. I want them to, I remember asking my dad once, my dad, my dad's a really, really, really wonderful human being. And I remember I asked him a question. He was a little bit slow. And at the time, you know, in my youth, it was annoying. And because I was hasty. And I remember asking him, like, why are you so slow to answer? And he's like, because I'm thinking. I was like, okay, all right. Like, I think that if we, and I struggle with that 
about myself. Like I can just shoot off the handle like nobody's business and it's not always pretty. And I recognize that. But if I am able to teach my kids to slow down, to admire the earth that's under their feet and the people that are by their side, I think I've done an okay job as a parent. Because I think if you're too fast, you're going to miss the nuances and maybe hurt somebody inadvertently in your response, or you're going to hurt the environment. You're going to make a move that's going to not be what Mother Nature needs, what she intends, what, you know, I think we need to be in the business of mending, mending relationships, mending our own hearts, mending the earth. We need to be in the business of and just slowing down and mending. That's just the best word that comes to mind right now. Love that. Would that be the words that you live by or what words do you live by personally? Pay attention a little bit more and and fight the battles that are worthwhile. I think also in uncertain times, you want to go conquer it all and you want to fix it all and you want to be a part of it all. And it's just, I think we're, I think in general, collectively, if we were just able to slow down and listen, it would do us all some good. Stop tearing each other apart. Well, you, as I said, are truly amazing. And I really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your very, very busy day. And I'm so glad that we got to connect. So thanks. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for tuning in to Next to Natural. We will be back next week with another incredible mom to share her journey and approach to minimalistic and environmentally conscious living. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please share it with a friend and rate and review the podcast. This helps other incredible parents find us and help grow the movement to a healthier and happier world. Find today's show notes on our website at www.newlyorganics.com backslash podcast.